ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Christopher Harris, the host of the World Soccer Talk podcast. The World Cup promises to be the most exciting and controversial World Cup in the history of soccer. Throughout the tournament, we will be telling you how and where to watch the games on US television and streaming in this never-ending, complex world of so many choices. If you love soccer, you will love the World Soccer Talk podcast. Listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST recommends. This is the relevant podcast. It's Friday, December 3rd, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strength. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's up, -er? And back, finally, Mm. after like six years away, Mm. (laughs) author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. I'm so glad to be back. It does feel like six years since I was here. You don't know all the things that happened while you were gone. It was I, just, I can't even begin to imagine all the things that might have just happened. Just completely off the rails. We're just Look, very they glad they couldn't keep me under control, Jamie. You want to hear <laughs> I it. believe it that. Bagel Bites believe is that. tweeting us. It's just all, all the things. All the things. <laughs> crazy. Things, things have getting so heated. <laughs> things have been getting so crazy on the pod. And, and you know, among fans and Bagel Bites, Jack Dorsey just resigned from Twitter. He's like, I, this is too <laughs> much. These weeks have been too big. I can't, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. You know, I'm done. <laughs> Jamie, what have, what, have, what have you been up to? I have done everything in the world. So the last time I was with you guys, I left the next day to take my my son on a college visit. So we went to North Carolina for a college visit, which was great. And then I went from there to Chicago to speak at a women's event. And then I went from there to El Paso to spend a week in El Paso and Juarez with Women of Welcome leading trips across the border. And then I came home and took my daughter to New York City for her birthday and then I was in Nashville earlier this week, and here I am. And I'm you so tired. hit me up while you was here, and I'm mad at I you. I literally was there for like seven hours. So more than enough time. <laughs> you exactly. got six you hours. You, you can't put out Derek. thirty minutes for your boy. You know what I'm saying? Nah, hey, look, but that trip to New York looked that amazing. That is the hard thing yeah. about going to Nashville. Everybody I know lives in Nashville, and I'm like, so yeah, hard. it's it's hard. It's Who hard. do you tell? Yeah, nobody. Hard. You tell it's nobody. Hard. I don't. I don't take it personal. You know what I'm saying. I'm okay, just gonna come yeah. to Austin for South by Southwest. We ain't talking. You know. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> J- Jimmy, what was the? It sounds like it was eventful. You got to do a lot of cool stuff. You know, with you know some really great causes. Spend time with your kids. Go to some cool cities. What was? What give us just the, a quick rundown of highlights or lowlights? Okay. The, well, of here's some travels. highlights. Highlights are that I hope my son gets into this university. If anyone listening has any pull, it's really hard to get in and I want him to go so What's badly. What's the school? It's uh, UNCSA. It's University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. I'll pull a few strings. You know pull some saying? strings, guys. I'm asking. Okay, I got you. I and got then, you. okay, here's my real highlight, you guys. Is that your filmmaker, I, son? 
The yes. Okay, got it. Okay, here's my real highlight. I just I don't think I've received the uh, recognition that I deserve about this, and so I'm going to publicly <laughs> ask for that recognition here. Okay. I took my 14 year old okay. daughter to New York City, and I navigated the subways like I was a New Yorker. Like I, we did everything on the subways and that makes me super anxious and super nervous. And I did it. And every day we'd get back to the hotel and I'd be like, no one's here cheering for me. Like there's no champagne, (laughs) there's no balloons, there's no party. And that's what I felt like I needed every single day when I got us home. You did better than me because I remember I was in New York. I was on a press run and I was supposed to meet somebody. Like it was a big deal. And I was supposed to be going to Brooklyn to meet them. And somehow I ended up in Queens. So. <laughs> <laughs> I took us to Brooklyn on the subway. I mean, it's just a thing. I'm so excited. I, I have a paranoia about traveling in subways because like I've always been told, I think it was because we used to take, when I was a kid, we used to take field trips up to Washington, DC and they have a really, you know, they have a, pretty intricate metro system and the teachers would tell us like do not mess around on the turnstiles if you <laughs> jump this turnstile or you go through without paying you're going straight to jail like this is very serious like they they act like in big cities like it is is the top of the pyramid when it comes to crimes like you can get away with a lot in a city but don't you dare not swipe that card all the way yeah. like don't you dare straight to jail and we're not telling anybody you just gotta sit there for a while and think about the right way to use the subway and so I've always been paranoid about it so even now when I go through a subway and I get the little card, you know, and you you just kind of, now you just wave it over the top. You don't yeah. have to stick it in. Every time I'm, I'm deeply, deeply paranoid that it's going to malfunction and open incorrectly and I'm going to eat and I'm going to have to like wiggle my way through and just, and then I just, I go, I hands up, I lock, I lock them behind the head and just get on my knees and I'm like, you know, you Homeland Security, take me away and we can, we can clear this up. Uh, that is my main anxiety with with subways. My main anxiety on the subway is every movie that's like a, a chase or something. There's something uh-huh. that happens on subway. the subway, and so I kept waiting for like a superhero to jump out or I'm someone to start for that to happen on the subway. No, that yeah. stressed me out every time. I'm looking Here's at everyone question. saying, "Who's going to start real, the fight?" The real question is, did you and, and Baby Girl get a New York slice? Did you get a slice of pizza? That's we the real went question. to Grimaldi's in Brooklyn. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we went over there and then we ate other places in New York and we went and saw Wicked, which was amazing. Fire. Okay. Like amazing. Did you get some, did you get some hot dogs? We did not get hot dogs, but our first stop was from a little truck thing on a little cart and I got, uh, Kebab, falafel. falafel, yeah. Ah, nice. Okay, uh-huh. good. Yeah, good. some of those good. like okay. don't okay. they like real like sugared peanuts or something? Sometimes everything, too? everything. Yeah. And story was like, we're gonna just eat from this guy in this cart. And I'm like, yes, this is what we're gonna do, and this is the best thing to do. If it's good enough for the rats of New York, it's good enough for us. <laughs> hey. That's, a, that's right. <laughs> every time I travel on the subway, buddy. too. I hope I'm going to end up, you guys ever see those like TikTok videos or like on Instagram where it's just like an impromptu dance crew just busted yes. out. Like somebody yes. busts out like a boom box and people are like swinging from the little bars. Every time I'm looking around is like, who in here is a disguised dance crew? Every time I, I get on the subway, I, automa- I automatically <laughs> assume that's just going to break out. This is the day and it's yet to, but yet to happen. How, how did she like uh, Times Square? I know y'all went there. We did. We went there. It was it was big. It was overwhelming. Um, we did a, a a little ride on the horse through Central Park. I mean, yeah. you we did went everything. to oh, you did. We did everything. I mean, we, we like yeah. yeah, we did the rockets. <laughs> That's what's up. 
You literally did the entire tour book, like recommendations. We went on like a cruise. Everything. We went. We cruised around the 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 ocean. We saw the Statue of Liberty. We did. You everything. have to do all that. You you can <laughs> space it out. There are other trips. That's crazy. Did you it. did literally did everything. Did you go to museums? No, we didn't do any museums. All right, yeah, nothing none intellectual. None of that boring. Just, no, stuff. she's like yeah. thirteen. She's like, I don't want to see a museum. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, I have a question. When you went to see the Rockettes, because I saw them years ago, did were three D glasses involved? Because yes. When I went, and I was like, I got to be honest, it was kind of corny. I felt like I was on one of those like movie theater rides that would show yeah. up at amusement park like twenty years ago, and like this is the future of movies, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh, on the screen, the lead character smells a rose, and suddenly, like you hear. That they just pump in like floral gas, yeah. and 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 then they like spray. You know, it's like raining, and you get spritzed mm-hmm. with water. I felt like it was kind of for the Rockets. I felt like it was like Santa. It was Santa going yeah. through the thing, and you felt like you could touch the reindeer. I thought it was cool. I did not expect that. I didn't expect the, for the show to start with 3D glasses. Um, but I'm not gonna lie. I've that was my first time to see the Rockets, and I thought it was amazing. It even I even shed a tear. I was like, "This is so cool!" And oh, I cried. Why you shed I know, a tear? I thought I, mean, I think it was just an emotional week, but maybe. All right. Yeah, <laughs> she had something else going on. It had nothing to do with the Rockettes. She was dealing with her own thing. Oh, okay, but, I was gonna say, you know, I shed I shed a tear during you guys served. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I shed a tear in Wicked too. I mean, I just think I was having a week, but yeah. Oh, okay. that's good though. You was you was there with your daughter. Though. You took your daughter yeah. to New York City. Yeah, we you take guys them were having every, some good bonding on their 13th birthday. They get a trip. Girls with mom, boys with mom, and her thirteenth birthday was last year during COVID, oh, and so that's, yeah, that, that's we emotional. went this year. Yeah, 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 that's emotional for sure. Yeah. Well, that we're glad to have you back. That's that's uh, I'm glad that's to an be understatement. Back. L- yeah. L- hey, listen, it, it sounds eventful and emotional and something you'll cherish for the rest of your life. But uh, we've been corresponding with Bagel Bites on Twitter, so we haven't had a bad few weeks. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, coming up later, we talk to Madison Pruitt. You may know her uh, from uh, The Bachelor. She was on The Bachelor. She's a, a strong Christian. Um, she's got millions of Instagram followers, and she has a new book out called Made for This Moment. So she is joining us later today. Uh, we also have your feedback, the question of the week. Before we move the show along, uh, I want to remind you all, exciting news. It's 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 here. The big annual print edition of Relevant is available now for pre-sale. Head over to the all-new relevantstore.com. You can check it out there. Uh, it's premium. It's thick. It's huge. It's perfect for your coffee tables. It's all of our best long-form content from throughout the year in beautiful printed form. Also, while you're at relevantstore.com, make sure to check out all the amazing merch that uh, the team is putting up every week. Every Friday, we'll be releasing new products and uh, new apparel, new podcast fan stuff. Make sure to go check it out every Friday, relevantstore.com. Okay, stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant News. Listening to Curtis Wells, the song is Forever Young. Well, today's show is brought to you by Lumo. Uh, Lumo is a stunning visual Bible project that will help you see the gospel in a compelling new light. 
Have you ever wondered if the Gospels talked about the big questions we face in life today, like addiction or money, depression, doubt? They're all in there. With Lumo, you can experience Jesus's teachings and story in a completely new way. Check out Lumo's free cinematic scripture videos by searching The Lumo Project at YouTube and for other free resources, including brand new small group studies that are free. Check out thelumoproject.com. The Lumo Project, L-U-M-O project.com. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Um, so I had, there were a few things going on in the news this week that are, are sort of interesting and, and I went at a few directions that I could take it, but I wanted to bring, uh, I, I ultimately decided on this study that took place from Pew that, that I think is really, that I think is really interesting and gives kind of an interesting snapshot of where the country is right now. Uh, and we got to start off with the question. Um, and this is, this is, uh, I'm just going to group swim here. Anybody who wants to jump on this can take it. <laughs> Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? This is what we're talking about. Does anybody have That's anyone relevant news. just want to jump on that one? Have an easy, straightforward, <laughs> simple. I ain't stepping in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got that one, well, <laughs> go for it, Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> floor is yours. I need, I need to answer on this one. <laughs> like, yeah, we're waiting, Tyler. <laughs> I, for one, would love to know. <laughs> well, my slice, unfortunately, is not the answer to that question. But Pew, for the first time ever, the, the Pew Religious Research Foundation did ask Americans to try to get some of their opinions on God and suffering and and why the two go hand in hand. And this oh, is gosh. a very complicated question to pull on, I feel like, because there's so many interesting nuances and and uh, caveats to it. And I think even those of us who think about this, uh, most of us are paid on some level to consider these theological questions. Uh, we don't necessarily have a great answer for them, but I did find the results to this question kind of interesting. So... What's interesting is that Pew found that most Americans believe in God. Most Americans have always believed in God. Around 91% of Americans believe in God in some level, God, higher power, something like that. Uh, but most of them do not hold him responsible for the bad things that happen in life. Instead, Americans tend to think that pain and suffering are the result of either individual choices, structural issues, uh, you know, something in society that leads to things being bad, or some mix of the both. Uh, 61% of respondents said suffering is mostly a consequence of people's own actions, while 69% said suffering is mostly a result of the way society is structured. And a little over over half said it can be a little bit of both. It can be sometimes it's individual actions, choices we make. Sometimes it's just kind of how society works out. Um, but I thought that was I, th I thought that was surprising. A, not necessarily that this many people believe in God, but that very very few people are even all that troubled by the idea that bad things happen despite their belief in a good God. A, a only 16, 16 percent of respondents said sometimes suffering makes me doubt that God is all powerful, and the same number, sixteen percent, said sometimes suffering makes me doubt that God is entirely loving and kind. Uh, for the most part, this just does not seem to be an issue that troubles most Americans who believe in God. It's not that big of an issue, even though historically it's one of the most complicated issues for theologians and people who believe in God to answer. 
I think it's interesting because it's easy to conflate the idea of all powerful and all controlling, right? Like mm. just because I can control something, I have the power to, doesn't mean that I eat that I do, right? Like, you know, and I think sometimes that's, you know, with God, it's just our understanding is like, it's not that he can't control every situation, but, you know, I think the idea of sovereignty of what God actually controls and what he kind of just cedes to the control of his creation is a really kind of not well understood concept, right? Like when people say God's in control, it's like, I don't really know if he is like, I think he can be if he wants to be, but I don't think, you know, if I toss my, you know, pin up in the air and catch it, God really didn't have anything to do with that. I have was endowed with free will and made that decision. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, if I went out and were struck by lightning, well, that's not society's fault, right? Like it was social circumstances didn't have anything to do. I mean, I, I guess I was, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't holding like a golf club, just got struck by lightning. That was just, that was just an act of nature that just randomly happened. I don't necessarily think it's God's punishment, um, but, it, but it is a, a very interesting concept and, and complicated one to think about. Now, as I say, often I think people are enamored with um, divine interventions because in the scriptures, some of the most key things that happen are oftentimes with a divine intervention or the writer would interpret uh, something happening and saying, yo, it was it was uh, God did this and he and he did that and that. And I think that sometimes we can be so enamored with that, that we lose logic. Um, and I, I just don't think that I, I'm with Jesse here. I, I don't think that God is literally making everything like if I throw like you throw the pin in the air thing I just don't think that that's a gravity he set gravity in place there right that's that was him acting right it was the reason why we we decay and live and breathe is because the most high has created a system for us to work within and then he's given us free will to act within the system right um Mm -hmm. so I think that it's more that God creates a system and then humans get to react within that system to do, you know, be humans and, and make good choices, make bad choices. Um, um, yeah, that's my opinion. I, I, but, I mean, I feel like we're almost all talking about it from our own like adult vantage point and like good things happen to me if I do good, bad things happen to me if I'm a bad person. But I mean, like, I think the fundamental question of like a family who has a, a, a small child who has cancer and dies. It's like, why would a good God let that happen? That little innocent child didn't deserve that. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's where people who have walked through the Valley, you know, yes. like really walked through the Valley with that uh, unexplainable tragedy. I think they carry that question at a deeper level than those of us who have normal lives, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But on the flip so, side, I would say on the flip side would be uh, if every time you made a mistake, and God just eradicated everybody from making mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And then what what about the potential in that person to be a better person and make better choices, right? So I think it's kind of like for God, if, if it's if if the expectation is he controls everything and everybody, then it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Or I, I don't know if I can say that on here, but it's a danged if you do, danged if you don't situation. You can because it's you not, can you're not that. cussing. It's a damned it's if you same. do, damned if you don't. It's what, like, what the F, Derek? <laughs> we got an email. No, hey, this is for real. Clark's laughing because he knows what I'm about to say. We got an email this week oh, man. from a listener in, in South Africa, and uh-huh. they were very upset 
because the Jen, Jen Johnson episode, the Bethel Music's worship leader, Bethel founder, Jen Johnson, was interviewed a few weeks ago here on the podcast. And he was very certain that she said the F word. And he rewinded it and listened to it several times. And she said the F word and he gave us one or like, how dare you? Why wasn't this rated explicit? (laughs) I'm so disappointed in you. And, you know, I was like, Clark. How did you know? And, and, <laughs> Which would be and fair. What have you done? You know that would she be said fair, freak. Would be, she said freak. And she say freak. I think we well, can all agree flip, that Jen Johnson flipping. has never said the f word in her entire life. But you technically, know that is an f word. It is <laughs> an f word. <laughs> she made the f noise with a she word. She said flipping. Flipping. Flippin'. 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 Yeah. Flippin'. yeah. Flippin'. Not freak. Flipping. Which is like the most like okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jen Johnson. We got angry emails because Jen Johnson said the F word. Jen? <laughs> so Jen, Come if you're on, Jen. You vulgar lady. If you're listening you? to Jen, tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Tyler. Go ahead. No, I was not gonna at say all. too, like I think sometimes yeah. it's hard because we sometimes can equate, you know, hard things, bad things, suffering to God is mad at us. And I don't think that 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 can be true because we see our Savior Jesus suffered a whole lot and he endured a lot of suffering. And it wasn't because God was angry or mad. It was because God had a really great plan through that suffering. Mm. And uh, so this is like none of us have an answer and everyone has our own lived experience, like you said, Cameron. But I've talked to a lot of people just interviewed. I'm sure you guys as well have as well who have endured a lot of suffering. And on the other side, they can somehow still say like God is good and God is yeah. here. And and they're not necessarily saying God made this happen, but they can oftentimes say because of what we walk through in the suffering, uh, we love God more. We know him more. He's done more in our life. And so it's a hard thing to wrap our brains around. I think as like, why is there suffering in the world? And I think that's a very long conversation, but for me also personally with suffering that I've walked through, I have a lot of comfort knowing that God wasn't surprised by it and he wasn't yeah. going, wow, I didn't see that coming, right. that he was with me in it. Right. Um, not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to put this on Jamie, but like mm-hmm. he, it wasn't an accident. Like I, I actually really believe that is that God was like, I'm here with you in this suffering. That brings me way more comfort than the opposite of, I don't think God is a part of this. That's there my were own two sets experience. of footprints in the sand, <laughs> and then there were one. Yep, exactly. Because he was carrying me. me. On, on probably on, I would like to be on in like yeah, a cradle up on the shoulders. If I was yeah. going to pick. Jamie, you, you're getting at something. You're getting at a number wait, here. That wait, God's that is... carrying you like a chicken fight, Jesse. Like you're sitting on his shoulders. Yeah, That's and I'm how... like, devil, you get your guy. I look, I'm on the shoulders. Chicken <laughs> fight this chicken thing fight out. You, me and God will chicken fight the tragedy. I, I'm cradled like a dad carries his special little sweet baby girl. Okay, so That's Jamie's cradled. Jesse's chicken fighting. I'm backpack. <laughs> I'm a backpack. I'm I'm getting a piggyback ride. A, a lot of people, you know, use the analogy of spiritual warfare. I use it a spiritual chicken fights. It's just more fun that way. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I said, gosh, gosh, G O S H. Although God is not the Most High's name. <laughs> 
You know, but, but no, but but real talk. I mean, like I do feel like, and you see this a lot of people coming out of sort of religious trauma from you know growing up in different sort of you know parts of evangelicalism mm -hmm. that cast God as like this like judge on a throne, mm -hmm. and obviously that you know God is there's multiple aspects to, to God that are very complex. But like the judgment thing was just always there. It's like hey, at the end of your life, there's going to be like a movie theater, and God's going to be on a judge. He's going to be sitting like a courtroom judge, right. and he's going to be asking you about all the bad stuff that shows up on the movie screen. And it's like, you know, that image was really kind of like drilled into me. Are you sure you want to do that? You're going to have to hold that. You're going to be hold account for that. I more now think of like this. I don't I don't really care if it sounds irreverent. I think God has grace. But like as an adult, I more think of that scenario as like a Terry Gross interview at the end of at the end of it. Where it's like very gracious and kind. He's not going to let you. He's going to make hold you account for the things you did wrong. But it's going to be in a way that wants to kind of correct and, and bring truth to light. And it will end on like sort of a kind you know positive like my mind like the, the the kind of caricature of god's judgment has just evolved for me so much as i've gotten older and you realize the complexities of trying to view the world through this sort of binary good things are for good people bad things are for bad it just doesn't work like that it doesn't work well like I, that. I also think that you know and this might just be me but i think it's when we start making god the person responsible for every choice every decision where is humanity in there? And then I think it's easy to take a, a cop out for people to, to have a, the devil made me do it yeah. thing, you know, like I, I think at some, at some level, this is the life that we live and all in all, as much bad stuff that's happened in the world, it's a pretty, you know, like life is a beautiful thing. Um, but there are, there, there are bad things that happen and there are good things that happen. I think we just got to take all of it and just be thankful for whatever comes our way. You know, when the bad things, when the bad things come, um, when the bad things come, we do our best to navigate them as best we can. And when the good things come, we do our best to navigate them as best we can. That's all I got, you know, because I, I just feel like, especially in this pandemic for me, like I've been on such a roller coaster of emotions and maybe that might be the reason why I'm, I've kind of landed there because I mean, you go from looking at so many people dying from COVID and then being locked down and there's been so much tragedy, but then there's also been some good stuff that's happened during this pandemic, right? Like we've seen, uh, man, we've seen racial conversations pushed to the forefront and people begin to start changing their hearts. And we're seeing a lot of charity, even in this time, we're seeing humans rise to the occasion. I think we just got to take everything one day at a time and, and, and do our best. And whatever God does is what he's going to do because he's sovereign. That's kind of where I've landed. See, I thought you were going to bring Tyler, like some like pop star Talked about Jesus, <laughs> yeah, I've, or like it was, I don't it was, know, I was your, your end of the year Spotify most listened to list or something. I don't know. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do yeah. something. It better be it's me. Yeah, That's who it better it's be. Gone. The Spotify <laughs> most it came to. out today. Did y'all see yours? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see it. I've seen a couple posted and shared. I, I mine was Drake. <laughs> Yo, I don't use Spotify. Am I like the weirdest person on this podcast? No, I use Apple Music, but okay, I, use, I use both. But no, most of my listening is Apple Music. Not at all. You're not weird. I feel like oh. older people use Apple Music, maybe, and like the young kids are using the Spotify. Is that true? Oh wow! Uh, no, it's, as Apple Music has like seventy million subscribers, and Spotify has like two hundred seventy million subscribers. So, oh, everybody's so the using cool Spotify. People are on Spotify, got it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that'll. Hey, there's a lot more that we're covering. I didn't realize that we were, you know, slicing about 
deep theological surveys, but hey, thanks, you got to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. I had something else that was just it was a little too heavy. I thought I'd, I thought I'd, Wait, I thought the other thing you had to was too heavy. It was heavier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you doing okay? Was, you know, was, Are you doing it was all depressing. Right right now? It was depressing. This is de- it's December one when we're recording this. You know, we're kind of you know everyone's getting into the festive spirit. So I thought I'd get a little. You know, we need to discuss some hard hitting theological truths. And uh, and I, I think you all did great. I think th- I think this relevant news segment is going to be encouraging to a lot of people. I hope Good. so. I agree. You can email me at tyler at relevantmediagroup dot com to tell me just how much you appreciated <laughs> my hard hitting investigative reporting. I have a slice coming up about annihilation, annihilationism versus the concept of eternal torment. So we'll be out of the we'll, It's a whole pivot coming. Great. It is a whole pivot. Don't worry. All right. Well, thanks, Tyler. Follow Relevant thanks, on guys. all the socials. We're publishing all day, every day. And make sure that RelevantMagazine.com is part of your daily internet reading. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Madison Pruitt joins us. I've my family dynamics like a red hot chili pepper. I love my family. You're listening to Remy Wolf. The song is Anthony Kiedis. Well, today's show is also brought to you by UHSM. Are you tired of the rising cost of healthcare? We are too, which is why we're excited to tell you about UHSM. Unite Health Share Ministries, or UHSM, is a Christian health sharing ministry that will put your health first. Health sharing isn't insurance. The programs at UHSM are member-based fellowships where faithful people can take charge of their own health care. UHSM offers different programs to meet any and all of your needs. They also offer uh, telehealth options, so you can access healthcare at the touch of a button, and they have a great prescription program as well. For more information, head to uhsm.org or contact a representative at 800-900-8476. Again, that's uhsm.org or contact a rep at 800-900-8476. Today's guest is Madison Pruitt. Now, fans of The Bachelor will know her from Pilot Pete season, but since then, Maddie has gone on to pursue her own passions. She's spoken with thousands at events around the country and recently released her first book, Made for This Moment. Maddie sat down with downtown Emily Brown to discuss how her life has changed in recent years, why she feels like we need to be reminded of our mission in life, and how we can pursue our passions. Here's our conversation with Maddie Pruitt. I kind of want to know what prompted you to write this book. So I actually started writing this book before I ever went on The Bachelor and had a message just laid on my heart for this generation. And I didn't know, of course, you know, at that time I had no platform. I had like no one that was going to even be reading it, but I really had this message put on my heart. So I just started writing. And when I went on the show, obviously I stopped and honestly completely forgotten about it. And then when I came off of the show, I had, you know, publishers and agencies reaching out to me, wanting me to you know, publish a book. And I was like, well, actually I have been working on a book 
But at the same time, I wanted to really take a look at a lot of the questions people were asking me and a lot of the things that a lot of people were opening up to me about. Um, It's kind of crazy how social media has been such a cool outlet for a lot of people to really just share what's going on. And a lot of people were reaching out just, you know, sharing how they were struggling with their faith or in relationships or with confidence and in so many different areas of their life and, and asking me like, Maddie, how were you able to stand firm under pressure? How were you able able to stay true to yourself and stay rooted and grounded in what you believed in. Like I, I want to be able to do that. And I really just tapped into a lot of the pain and things that I had walked through, but also, you know, paying attention to, you know, the different stories that people were sharing with me online and wanted to kind of pull from, you know, the emotion and the struggles of, of what we, we all walk through every day. Cause even though most people aren't going on a reality TV show, you know, we all face, you know, the pressures and the struggles of settling for safe or compromising who we are or, you know, giving into comparison or fear or whatever it is. And so I wanted to, you know, write from that perspective. I love that. Um, and I think that's, I think that's so true. What's interesting is, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people talk about kind of the negative side of social media, but there is also a positive side. Um, and so, you know, I'd like to hear like, how has, having like a social media platform, like how have you been able to use that um, to kind of get your message across more, I guess? You know, I think it's so true what you said. And I think it's really easy to focus on all these negatives. And of course it has a lot of negatives, but at the same time, you know, it gives me an opportunity to have conversations with people that I may never meet in real life, you know, and that I may never see or be able to sit down with and have, you know, these intimate challenging conversations. And so I can use my social media as a way to kind of do that from a distance, you know, and just a way to, Hey, if, if this is the only content you're getting in today, like I want you to know you're loved and you're enough and God loves you. And so I try and use those moments to, you know, anytime I have a moment on social media to really challenge and inspire people. Cause I think at the end of the day, you know, we're taking in content 24 seven. And even if you try and run from it, even if you try and hide from it, like we're constantly taking in content. So it's not really a matter of, you know, are we going to be taking in content? It's a matter of what content are we taking in? And that's what I try and challenge people with, you know, and I talk a little bit about that in my book towards the end. But for me, it, it really came down to what content am I allowing in? What music am I listening to? What what movies am I watching? What, you know, books am I reading? What am I what, like looking at on social media? And so I try and have, you know, a page and a platform that inspires and encourages and is really just like a breath of fresh air for a lot of people where they feel safe or they feel at home or they feel comfortable and they know that they're loved and prayed for. get a lot of content from the book of Esther, which, and I love Esther so much. She's like one of my biblical heroes. So I I really like to know why or what about her story resonates with you personally. So I, and I agree. She's one of my favorites. And what's crazy is before I went on the bachelor, I actually had Esther 414 put on my heart and I didn't, I mean, I just thought it was a verse for me. Like I was just like, I'm clinging to this verse. Right. And that was kind of the verse that honestly got me through a lot. Like, oh, I was made on purpose and for purpose. God has placed me here for a reason. And I want to, I want to give it my all, like whatever it looks like, God, I'm yours, use me. And so that was kind of my mentality and mindset throughout the show. 
And when I came off the show and I got asked, you know, to write a book and all these things, I really had that kind of laid back on my heart again. And I was like, oh, actually, you know, writing on Esther could be very useful and encouraging to this generation because I just, that's what I want everyone to know is that you were made on purpose and for purpose, that there's a reason that you're here. And it's not just me that's an Esther. It's, it's all of us that can be Esthers. You know, we all can be made for this moment and here for such a time as this. And you know, choose to walk out our purpose and confidence and be obedient to wherever God's called us to go and and take that step of courage, no matter what the outcome is, just trusting that our God is in control and our God has got us. And so I just wanted to challenge, you know, my generation with that. And for me, I just, I don't know. I just saw, I was like, I want to see like modern day Esther's. Like I want to see a generation of Esther's rise up. And I want to see this generation, not just, you know, go off of whatever's trending on TikTok or whatever is going to get them viral or whatever the media says, but I want to see a generation who's so sure of who they are, who knows why they were put on this planet, who's confident in who God has called them to be and can take that step of courage, whatever the cost. You know, I think this message is so important, but sometimes there are people that still just don't think that they even have any sort of plan. Um, so yeah. like all of this is just so hard for them to believe. So what would you say to someone who just really doubts that God has any sort of plan mm-hmm. for their life? I love that. So I, I preach the message. Yes, you were made for this moment, but really it goes back to, again, the message of it's so much bigger than you and you being made for this moment is actually to make a difference for other people. And it's actually to add value to the world around you. And it's crazy. Uh, I, I just, I just know this, like from my personal experience, but it's crazy when you start adding value to other people and making a difference to other people, the confidence and purpose that that brings you. And I know for me, you know, mission trips I've taken, moments where I've, I've, you know, spoken messages or written or posted something or whatever it was, you know, where I, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel like, okay, why am I even up here speaking? There's so many other people that could be up here speaking that are so much more qualified, who have all the things, who are older and wiser and all the things. But I just, I was like, you know what? But I'm going to do this because this is what God has called me to do. And I'm going to do it faithfully. And as as soon as I would get done speaking, or as soon as I would walk away from a conversation or walk away from writing or posting something, you know, I'd have so many people run up to me and be like, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. Like that literally just changed everything for me. And I always like to tell people, you know, it's crazy how one act of courage and how one step of obedience and how just saying yes to what God has for you can lead to other people's freedom, can lead to other people's confidence, can lead to other people's act of courage and ultimately to their revelation of who God is. And so therefore, yeah, there there is a heavy, you know, not heavy, but there's a weight on our lives and a responsibility at hand that we have to really step into the fullness of what God has for us. But the beauty of it is, is that, you know, it's so much bigger than us and that it's God who gives us that confidence, that strength, grace, and courage that we need to walk that out. That was Maddie Pruitt. Stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Stop love, we say Cause we be shining on
listening to Benny Sings and Jones. The song is Look What We Do. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Um, last week, we asked you, <laughs> I mean, it's Christmas buying season. Uh, Black Friday was last week. Uh, we asked you your most regrettable purchase. You guys have made some regrettable purchases. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here's a few of our favorite replies. Matt Turner said his most regrettable purchase was the 176 days straight I went to McDonald's for lunch my senior year. DT. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is, is, is that Morgan Spurlock? Yeah, he was doing a documentary. Man. DT says the Jim Baker prepper kit. What is in that? Well, how much was okay. it and what is in it? For, first of all. It's food. It's dried food. It's like tubs oh, of no, food serious? that are like 30 year Wait, shelf stable. I, th- I think the correct he, term is vats. vats oh, of, this is to prepare for an emergency. No, it's to prepare oh. for the end times. For the apocalypse. The, times, okay. the emergency. Yes. Oh, that is an emergency. It's for the apocalypse. Yes. It's, he moved his whole ministry to the mountains of North Carolina because, and he built a compound of, and you can move there and you can buy these prepper kits and you keep them. So then when all the power grid gets hacked and, oh and martial gosh. law gets enacted, you have your guns and you have your food. And, uh, nah, cause that's true. You can get sixty meals in a pack. Hey, nah, wow. bro. Hey. Listen, so a couple couple years ago, we were doing stunts to raise money for good causes and charities on, during <laughs> Giving Week, which is this week. And we huh? did a live stream where if people gave a certain amount, we would cook the Jim Baker prepper kit and eat it live on Facebook streaming. And it was like two, three years ago, and uh, we did. We had it. We had a hot plate. We made it all up. And it was disgusting, of course. I mean, it's like 40 years. It's like, it doesn't go bad. This is not food. This is just congealed chemicals. You know what I mean? It was terrible. And and it's Jim Baker, so they probably ain't putting no no salt and pepper, nothing on it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing that we figured out. So if you watch the Jim Baker show, they sell these tubs for like $150 a tub. We found them on Amazon for like 50. So we bought oh. the Amazon ones. And Jim oh. Baker's just gouging you. So Jim you Baker know. marking up the prep food oh, yeah. for the oh, end yeah. of the world. Oh, yeah. It's oh, not yeah. like he's making it. It's not like he's got like a gruel processing center there in his like, you know, weird like end times fortified Branson, yeah. you know? No, he's like, just gouging the, the, the sad old people who are scared of the world and then you know oh, man. this man is when did all <laughs> religious like remember when it used to be fun to watch like weird religious channels because it was Dude, just like was, goofy hair and, and but it was all preaching it was preaching and like puppets and singing for a long time and then all of a sudden it became infomercials for for weird health stuff I tell you, I used to come home on Friday nights at one in the morning and, 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 and I'd watch Christian television as my guilty pleasure. Like it was like a car wreck on the side of the road. I just wanted, I don't know. I always ended oh. up watching it, but I can't anymore. Cause it's so infuriating. Cause it's like, it's like they're this, it's like they're tricking the old people and they're like fear mongering and it's, it's horrible. It's not just audacious, you know, like cringy Christianity. It's actually like dangerous and 
Well, I mean, a lot of them have see, have have been opportunists with the, with since the pandemic of like yeah. you know playing into people's fears about you know kind of medical stuff and trying yeah. to manipulate them not just spiritually. I mean, obviously, but financially, it's like, dude, give me, come on now, like it, you know, it's it's concerning. But uh, well, poor D Teague, D Teague bought the lie and now regrets it. So you know. Uh, Oh, Hannah put Graham some, says, put some hot sauce on it. Just put some hot sauce on it. I guarantee you put some hot sauce on it is better than green bean casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I love Derek Miner, you overtook my Instagram feed about green green bean casserole, man. Like, yes. how many posts did you do specifically about green bean casserole? Because my algorithm showed me all of them. It's about four or five of them. Wait, I you not, love it or hate it? I hate it. <gasps> it's I hate my it. favorite Thanksgiving food. You know what? And it's, oh, it's, it's, listen, it's too soupy. I, I hate to. Uh, it's too soupy. You know, I hate to go. I hate to go racial here, but every every white person I know is like, yes, green bean casserole. Every black person I know <laughs> no. is like, no. You know what? <laughs> so, we served I, on Thanksgiving Day. We served a play at a place, okay. and I was serving the green bean casserole because it's my favorite. I was serving it, and you know what, Derek? What? Most black people didn't want it. <laughs> You have. You have look, I was I'll like, test the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's all. Well, I'm I was saying. delivering it, and I was like, "They're like, no, thanks." Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. And, I, and this is the thing. So you know, I have been. I mean, literally, you could see the racial divide in my comments over this. All of the white people, and specifically white women, are like, yo, green bean casserole is the greatest dish ever made. And then all of the black people are like, I understand this is the worst thing ever. So what you I'm trying to do- You think you were do, posting I, about CRT or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was all in fun. But the thing is, you know, this is, this is what I'm saying on a relevant podcast. Listen, I am a person that tries new things. I mean, I eat sushi. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I will eat raw fish. So, it's like, I don't have an issue with trying things. So, if someone... I need the white delegation Mm. to put together the best green bean casserole recipe. I will try it. And I will do a post that will say, like, yo, I was wrong. Green bean casserole is lit. Because the last green bean casserole I had tasted like the bottom of a shoe mixed with New York City sewer water and some green beans with some fried uh, Fried onions onions on top of it. So that's what I ate last time. So, I mean, listen, y'all go get y'all granny. If someone sends you a recipe, we'll... Well, I'm not making it because no. I need somebody because it's, you know, how just like your grandmother, uh-huh. like when she's stirring the pot, there has to be like, it's like that it's she makes the food better. Mm-hmm. I need like, and if you're in Nashville, I need a middle aged or, or older white lady to make me you the best Caribbean casserole yeah. I've ever tried. And I will try it. And if it's good, I will I will rescind everything I said. But yeah. as of right now, green bean casserole is an armpit with uh old deodorant that's what it tastes like Derek, i i think here here's two hard and fast rules one if someone's like hey how can we make this grosser i know we'll put fried onions on it like okay <laughs> I, love fried onions. I need them out of the can I, whoa, whoa. On, a burger, <laughs> on a burger fried onions are good They're, onion rings you, come on uh, i'll say this too <laughs> any thanksgiving food that can be slurped that can be consumed <laughs> by slurping 
That, that should be that should be the cutoff. That should be the, you know what I'm saying. Like, well, like if, if you give it to your toddler who doesn't have a lot of teeth and they yeah. can eat it, yeah, exactly. The problem, no. This could be poured into a bowl <laughs> right. and I could drink it. Like it should soup. not be served on Thanksgiving. It, it should you know be on what the mean? plate at least because it's going to seep into everything else. I yeah, don't lie. I, don't lie. I feel like green bean casserole is white people's chitlins. Like, okay. you know, Maybe. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, black people, we got chillings. And it's just like, you are not supposed to eat that. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> it's a tradition. And uh-huh. I think, like, green bean casserole is white people's chitlins. You know what I'm saying? It probably <laughs> tastes like chitlins for real. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Uh, Ray, Ray Guevara said his most regrettable purchase. He said, when I was like 10 years old, this grown dude walked up to me. He's 10 years old and he was deaf and selling keychains to support himself for $5. Uh, he said, little 10 year old Ray. He said, I gave him $20 and waited for my change. He just nodded and walked away. I was mad. I had blown $20. I'm pretty sure the dude wasn't even deaf. Oh <laughs> man, you, poor 10 year old Ray. Grip, though. If he wasn't deaf, that's a good griff. Be like, oh, and then somebody asked for their change and you act like you can't hear him. He just walk away. Right, with their can, money. I, can I tell y'all a story? Yeah. yeah. Can I tell y'all a story? Listen, I'm at the gas station. I'm at the gas station, and this guy pulls up. He says, "Bro, I am stuck. Like, I, I, I can't. You know, I can't get home. Blah, 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 blah. Man, I need some money for gas. No, actually, it was a lady. She's like, I, I'm so I, like, I, I need money for gas. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, here. Look, so I gave her, I had, I think I might've had 20 bucks or something like that. I gave it to her. These jokers pulled off. They didn't even put no gas in their car. <laughs> they hopped in their car that's by the gas pump. They pull off in front of me, look at me like, mm, and then drive off. Like, I was like, yo, so look, listen, hey, what's what's my man name that this happened to? Ray, Ray. Listen, Ray. Man, I, I'm facing that same trauma with you, man. Well, something got to shake because that was that was messed up. I wonder if Ray even got his change. <laughs> the more specific the ask, if they're like, I need a dollar seventy five, you know, right. like, you know, it's a lie. If it's a very specific <laughs> amount of money, I need I'm just this much short. Can you have Dude, no, right? I, I okay, Derek. I was at a gas station. Same kind of thing. This guy walks up. His car, you know, he's like, "Hey, man, I I am out of gas, man. I can you just give me like ten bucks just to get to where?" And I'm like, "Oh, man, guy's in a jam, you know." So yeah. I gave him ten bucks. This guy walked into the Seven Eleven. I think he. I gave him cash. So I'm like, "You're just gonna go pay." I walk in there. I don't think he was expecting me to go in and grab a beverage. He's in there scratching lottery tickets. <laughs> I went up to him and I went, "Bro," I, I walked right up to him. I went, "Bro." If you win, half that's mine. Okay, we, was that that's the understanding. Okay, and I just stood there while he yeah. scratched him, and he lost every one. They're like, dude, you could have waited till I drove away just so I had the peace oh of mind gosh. that I did something nice for someone, not just enabled some degenerate. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> hey, people are disrespectful, Ray. It man, was. They, they got us, Ray. Ray, they got us. <laughs> man. Can you imagine a grown man pulling that grift on a ten-year-old kid? Oh, that's I mean, come on. That's that's so uh, Hannah Graham, she said, does movie pass count? Okay, so movie pass for those who don't mind. Okay, I had a thought. I was thinking about movie pass the other day. Okay, so movie pass for people that don't remember was it was an unsustainable business model, but it was actually a good idea where you could pay a monthly fee and you could go to different movie theaters. And if you had if you bought the movie pass, you could see as many as you want for a month. It, the, the business model didn't work because it was, it was like, so it was literally cheap. like ten bucks a month, yeah. and it was unlimited movies and yeah. movie pass paid the full price ticket to the movie theater. So like movie pass was losing money while they were 
trying to just build up a user base and then they were going to try and do something else with their user base. But they ran out of money like the first month, you know, like I, yeah. I had a thought the other day that it, it was the most ill-timed, unlucky release ever because if it, it like if MoviePass and Quibi had switched places, you guys remember Quibi, yeah. like the phone, it was yeah. meant to be like a Netflix for commuters, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the subway, you can watch short form stuff shot for an iPhone that is lived on there. That launched right before COVID when everyone stopped commuting and everyone, there was no need for for short form content on a phone because everyone was stuck at home watching regular content. Yeah. And, it, and Quibi went under. It was the worst timed release ever because right before COVID. If MoviePass had switched with Quibi and had come out at COVID when everyone stopped going to the movies, it might have worked. Like the movie theaters <laughs> probably would have been they like... They would have lost money. They, they probably would have been like, hey, you know what? We'll figure out a way to make this work because we're shutting down entirely. But this MoviePass system might incentivize people to keep us alive during COVID. If they mm. would have switched, everyone would have talked about how they were both the most brilliant business ideas ever. But COVID sunk them both. Mm. Like, I honestly think MoviePass at the beginning of COVID would have been a huge hit for everyone involved. But all right. Know. Well, there's more feedback where that came from. Go check it out and chime in. OK, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Uh, earlier in the show, uh, Jamie was telling us that she wanted her recognition because she successfully navigated the New York City subway. And to some listeners, it'd be like, y'all, duh, I do this every day. But to Jamie, who doesn't do it every day, she's like, excuse me, I did a great job. I would like somebody to acknowledge it. We all have that thing. We all have that thing that we do. Like, what, I keep my plants alive, and I would like somebody to go, wow, he keeps his plants alive. You know, I mean, but nobody does. But there you go. Anyway, so what's the <laughs> thing that you that you do And then nobody gives you the recognition you deserve for the thing that you do well. That's what we want to know. That's the question. We want to celebrate you. That's what we want to do. That's it. Yeah. Tell us your thing. I'm making fun of you. So y'all already know how I get down. (laughs) Don't believe it. I'm about to make fun of you. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or wherever you see us post the question. We've been posting on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. We'll read our favorites next week. We'll give you your recognition. We will give you your flowers for... That very normal thing that you think is a big deal. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, a couple of housekeeping notes. First of all, I want to thank Maddie Pruitt for joining us today. Make sure you check out her new book, Made for This Moment. Follow her uh, on Instagram. Join the millions of people. She posts great content. Uh, it's a good follow. All right. Also, head over to RelevantStore.com to check out our latest merch, our annual print edition. We got sweatshirts and podcast fan gear, a whole bunch of stuff. RelevantStore.com. Also, head over to RelevantMagazine.com where you can uh, find our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can check it out over at our faith section on our website. It's a great way to start your day. Also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials. We are posting... All the stuff we're putting out on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and you are you will find an increasing uh, range of content on our Instagram account. Make sure to follow Relevant. And uh, hey, if you like the show, help us out. Tell your friends. Post about it and leave a review at your favorite uh, podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those reviews help the algorithm and help other people discover the show as well. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you don't like the show. Keep it to yourself. But if you like the show, go leave a review. All right. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. Oh, sorry. I'm Derek Miner. (laughs) We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. for listening.
listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. He's in there scratching lottery tickets. Relevant Podcast Network. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. We've all been to the party or tailgate with that person. You know, the one who makes everything about politics. Or there's that relative, the one you blocked on Facebook because you'd prefer to opt out of toxic conversations. I'm Sarah Stewart-Holland. And I'm Beth Silvers. We host Pantsuit Politics, where we take a different approach to the news. On Pantsuit Politics, we opt out of the shouting and scorekeeping while still recognizing that elections matter. We're here to look at the headlines as citizens. We pay attention to politics, but also keep it in perspective. Pantsuit Politics was named one of Apple's best podcasts of 2021 and GMA3's Podcast of the Month. Take a different approach to the news with us in 2023. Pantsuit Politics releases new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Listen on the ACAST app and wherever you get your podcast. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.